and welcome to the formal review. Today we'll be looking at the 2021 film Black Widow. Now sit back, relax, grab your drinks, and let's talk about this movie. What's up everyone and welcome back to the formal review. This is season 4 episode 10 and I thank y'all for tuning in once again. So in this episode I will be doing an analysis on the newest MCU film and seeing how it ranks against the rest of the MCU and also how the 4D experience was and also a small update to my movie collection. So stay tuned. So the only updates to my movie collection that I did since the last episode is to my few films that I bought from Barnes & Noble Criterion Collection sale. So for those who don't know, Barnes & Noble is doing this for the entire month of July where certain Criterion Collection movies are on sale for 50% off and I was able to get a good amount of them. I honestly didn't think I would, but then I just ended up just really wanting certain movies. So I ended up getting Guillermo del Toro's Devil Backbone, Kira Kurosawa's Ujimbo, and Sajuro set along with Rashomon, Sounds of the Lambs, Bon Joon Ho's Memories of Murder, and Martin Scorsese's The Last Temptation of Christ. Now these movies, I love them all. I think they're such great films. I'm really excited to check them out, especially the films that really mean a lot to me, such as Rashomon. But Sounds of the Lambs have a new 4K restoration that I haven't seen before, and I'm really looking forward to that so we'll see how that goes i'll probably put out maybe a review on them later on when i do watch them but enough of that let's get on to the movie at hand so sit back relax grab your drinks and let's talk about this movie. So before I get into anything, I do want to preface this episode with a slight spoiler warning, as I always do. And this is because it is a Marvel film. But if you don't want the movie completely ruined for you, I am still going to talk about this movie somewhat vaguely. But I do suggest that you go watch the film first before hearing what I have to say about it so you fully understand everything. But if you don't care about that, just keep listening. Also, I know I talk about this at the end, but the data shows that most people don't listen to that part. So I want to talk about it here and reiterate the importance of leaving reviews on your favorite subscription services. I do read those because I do want to grow because these episodes are really for all you listeners out there and I want to keep this entertaining. So what do you want to hear? Do you want to hear games? Do you want to hear more of the 4K stuff? Do you want to hear me talk about a certain movie? If you want to come on and talk to me about something for you want to debate, I'm always open to do stuff like that. So you can always reach out to me on social media. I always want to grow and improve and just put some thing works doesn't mean that it cannot be improved so if there's something that you want me to improve on let me know and i will grow as such anyway now on to the movie at hand let's sit back relax grab your drinks and let's talk about this movie So Black Widow is a superhero film based on the Marvel Comics character of the same name. It is the 24th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, also known as the MCU, and was directed by Kate Shortland from a screenplay by Eric Pearson. It stars Scarlett Johansson as the title of character alongside Florence Pugh, David Harbour, O.T. Fagmanale, William Hurt, Ray Winstone, and Rachel Weisz. Now, this film was originally supposed to be released on May 1st, 2020, but due to the COVID-19 pandemic, Disney announced that this was originally going to be changed 
change to November 6, 2020, and rest of their phase four films were going to be shifted to accommodate this change. And then in September of 2020, they pushed it back to May 7th of 2021, and then pushed it back again to July 9th, 2021. And here we are. So this film is set after Captain America Civil War, and it sees Romanoff on the run and forced to confront her past. And after the events of Civil War, Natasha is a fugitive, but finds out that the Red Room, the place where she trained to be a Black Widow, is still in business, and its leader, Dracula, played by Winstone, is still alive. She then finds out that the current Black Widows are being chemically manipulated so that they become these mindless assassins without free will, similar to that of the Winter Soldier. Now, to bring them down, Natasha reluctantly joins forces with the family that she once recognized as her real family, Malena, played by Vice, Alexi, played by Harbor, and Yelena, played by Pew, as they have the antidote to the mind control. Now, this film is director Shortland's first big budget movie, and it tells the story of an Avenger who has a small savior complex, and this is because she wants to remove the red in her ledger by doing a bunch of good deeds. I got red in my ledger? I'd like to wipe it out. Can you wipe out that much red? And this film is fairly different from a lot of the other MCU films that is it deals with coercion and also manipulation of young women. And at times it seems more like a Bond or Bourne movie than anything else. It then gives this moral about the importance of family. The film does work extremely well for a standalone and it doesn't really rely on the films that were released prior to it. And it's honestly less occupied with pushing the overall MCU forward and really attempts to tackle the more grounded yet darker world outside of the Netflix Marvel shows which honestly did it better but that's another point and this film really just becomes more about sisterhood what a family means and also traumatic past now Johansson as Natasha has a lot of fantastic action shots and frankly she's given a lot of opportunity to shine here I will say this is not my most impressive portrayal that Johansson has done I will say that it is quite impressive at the same time. And the supporting cast is also excellent, despite their slightly inconsistent and somewhat odd Russian accents. Harbor as Alexei is the very obnoxious, but also endearing Russian father figure, who's also this retired super soldier. Vice's Molina is this tough character, but also cowardly scientist, because she's complicit into a system that she's also a victim. But the star of the film is Pew as the sarcastic yet sympathetic Elena because we see her reeling from what she did under the mind control and Pew really steals the scene every time she's on screen. She really pushes herself in this character and really shows how good of an actor she is and because she's able to portray Elena with a cleverness but also vulnerability and then her chemistry with Johansson is also fantastic because their back and forth taunting and teasing really adds to the relationship as sisters. And Pearson's scripts gives her a lot of personality, emotional depth, and intrigue. And the story shows the trauma that she went through, but also the questions for the optimism that Natasha holds for the Avengers, who she does consider her real family. But what's really interesting about this supporting cast is that when you really think about it, these three characters are villains 
heroics in their own way. And one is a super soldier, but has done a lot of intense crimes. And they tried to portray him as taking down Hydra, but in the end, he's happy for his two quote unquote daughters killing off a lot of people. And then Melina, she's the one who designed the mind control. So these people are not really people you should be rooting for in this movie, but the way the script is able to really push the ideas of family between these people shows that even if they're not your born relatives or even adopted children, this still means family. And even though they have these kind of villainous acts, when they sit down at the table, you see how their old habits dying hard with them interacting very much as a family. And that really does add to the overall story of this film. Now, with a Marvel film, you have to also look at the action of it and also the hand-to-hand combat. And honestly, the hand-to-hand combat and fight choreography are absolutely brilliant. They are on par with those in Captain America Winter Soldier, with some of them being very obvious references. And additionally, the score composed by Lorne Balfe is absolutely fantastic, which works really well in the fight scenes and really feels the most epic of the entire MCU. Now, I'm not trying to say that it's as good as Black Panther, but it's definitely up there when it comes to memorable. And this is honestly because it has this enjoyable, but also well-crafted orchestral style that is meshed with Russian-esque vocals. And the score begins with Natasha's Zolobai, which is this vocal piece that firmly grounds the score with a Russian musical of sorts with light guitar notes and obviously is very fitting for the title character. It then crescendos to a much more epic sounding vocals and plays more like a Russian song and spy film than a superhero movie. And this is also similar to Black Panther's theme as the style fits her character very well. This theme then again plays on the track called You Don't Know Me, which itself then opens to Yelena's theme, Yelena Belova, which similarly sounds soft, but with a piano. And then it builds in the background until the orchestra and Russian choir bellow their voices. And another standout is the villain's theme, Drekov, that also begins quiet and ominous strings, but then builds again considerably as this loud, threatening choir begin to sing. And it's really interesting, again, thematically, this shows that how basically the three main characters of this movie, the two sisters, against this villain, how they are more aligned than you would think, at least from a story perspective when it comes to heroes versus villains, and that there is this kind of gray area when it comes to these characters. One is obviously just a villain, but the other ones may or may not be heroes in a way. These characters have all done bad things, except for obviously Drekov being the worst character. And the track, The Betrayed, feels very similar to a James Bond movie, which then adds again into the overall spy feeling of the this film. And the final track then brings again everything full circle to a somewhat happy and optimistic Russian lullaby. And overall, the score is less superhero and more spy action, which parallels the film accurately. Black Widow is not someone with superpowers or a high-tech robot. She is a spy with very special skills. Skills I've acquired over a very long career. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. I will look for you. I will find you. 
and I will kill you. Furthermore, this is one of the best films in the 40X format. The only better experience was probably Endgame and Bad Boys for Life because those movies are honestly just extremely action-backed and honestly epic. But this film definitely had some fantastic engrossing moments. So for those who don't know, 40X is a type of cinema that gives film viewing more than simply a visual and audible treat. This experience adds in various practical effects, including motion seats, wind, strobe lights, simulated snow, and also scents. And it really gives moviegoers a multi-sensory cinema-going experience, which allows the audience to connect more with the movie because you're able to enhance the visuals on screen. Each auditorium that has this incorporates these aspects with many different effects. And as of this recording, there are over 773 40X theaters across the globe, spanning across 67 countries. So Black Widow had over 20 different motion and environmental effects, which again, enhanced the action and drew the audiences really closer to the story on screen. In my viewing, there was somebody watching it that almost was treating it like a roller coaster ride at times. And this is because each of the action sequences are amazing when it comes to 40X. And one could feel every single punch taken by these characters. The smoke from the explosions and the snow from the avalanche were amazing to really engross the viewers. And seriously, this is the reason to go see these types of movies in theaters. I also saw this movie in standard format twice and it's nowhere near close the fun I had seeing it in 40x. The one thing I will warn about for potential future viewers is that you have to make sure that you have a good start on your snacks and drinks before the movie or not have them filled all the way up because the motion effects are really cranked up and with all the action in Black Widow or any other action type movie you're more than likely going to spill and honestly it starts with some some of the trailers so be careful but I will say again with movies like Black Widow a slightly extra cost of seeing a film in 40x is a hundred percent worth it especially if you're going to end up paying already $20 it's only six dollars more to go see it in this format having said all that though the biggest issue with this film is that when it attempts to be deeper and more impactful it could have really delved into Natasha and Yelena's rough beginnings as these immigrant children who are pushed into this world of spies and villains that would align them in a way to the Maximovs, Scarlet Witch, and Quicksilver. But instead of creating a similar yet more grounded story about young immigrants who are left behind, the film struggles with this cohesive theme that works and barely touches on the creepy aspects of an older man wanting to control young girls and women. Now, not saying this film had to show everything, but they could have given more back story to Dracov because it only gives a glimpse of how much of a monster Dracov clearly is. He's not an experiment gone wrong or a damaged character trying to get revenge. He is simply a terrible person who treats women and girls as commodities because his Black Widow program is essentially a farm. He takes these children from their families when they're young and if they survive the training, they become a widow. Otherwise, he ends up killing them. Though even the ones that make it through this training aren't really much better as the film dates that these women really have no free 
free will and no real meaningful life at all. And at the end of the day, Dracov definitely has some Harvey Weinstein, Jeffrey Epstein vibes, and he's really an attempted embodiment of toxic masculinity, a man who's obsessed with power, who sees women as property. The issue with this is that the audience gets very little detail on why this is. In fact, there's really nothing to suggest that he is a sexual abuser, but there's nothing really to suggest that he isn't either. All the audience really knows is that he wants power, and he uses the bit that he has to control hundreds of women, and then treats them like trash, including people who you think one would not treat like trash. I mean, he gives them involuntary hysterectomies and violates these women's bodies and controls their mind. And this could have been dealt more into because these ideas are very similar to how the Marvel TV show Jessica Jones dealt with rape and mind control in that aspect. But that's how one could really delve into a character and show how the emotion and trauma that someone that goes through this Black Widow process would have gone through. Now, instead, this movie kind of style sets around it because it's a PG-13 movie. However, if one does understand these contexts, Dracov is an absolutely a villain for our time. He is what happens when a man who hates women isn't stopped. His story is somewhat told retrospectively and perhaps the best and most chilling opening credit sequence as the audience sees him cozying up to a lot of world leaders. Having said that, these themes are avoided, which is sad because if they weren't, he could have been one of the best and nastiest pieces of work that the MCU has ever shown. And honestly, Winstone plays his character phenomenally, though he is fairly good already at playing creepy men. With women assassins and women scientists, one would also think that there would be this strong message of girl power and the strength of women, especially when in real life, the system is also controlled by men. However, again, the film barely touches on that because the audience isn't shown much of what happens with the other widows. Additionally, the ending is extremely odd. Now, I won't fully spoil it, but it ends on a cliffhanger, then goes to a scene that takes place two weeks later, which sets up the next film in Avengers Infinity War. And this scene honestly feels like a mid credit scene that was forced and then fades away awkwardly. Also, General Ross has absolutely no point in the movie. In fact, you could remove him and there would be very little change to this film. The CGI was also very iffy at times, especially in the scenes with the close-up of explosions and fire. There's also very little that we get into Red Guardian's backstory and why he has the superhero serum, though it can be guessed that he got it due to the competition between the Russians and the US. But these are honestly nitpicks. At the end of the day, the film is quite good, even though it takes slightly away from the star character and is mostly used to set up Yelena for a larger role in the future. Spoilers, but if you've seen Endgame, you know what happens to Natasha. And the film shows why her character was needed for the overall Infinity series of the MCU. Now, she's a character that should have had a solo film years ago, but for reasons unknown, yet definitely known, there wasn't one released. Thanks to director Shortland and writer 
Pearson. Audience members will get to see Natasha in a way that really hasn't been shown before with some really great action and honestly heart. Her direction does struggle a bit when it comes to some of the choices she made, as I mentioned already, but the good choices definitely outweigh the bad. It succeeds with its story and the majority of its characters, its details, and its directional choices. The message is the only part of this film that really struggles a lot when external context isn't added into the story. However, but if you add that context in, it is a really well done movie. But again, it's not able to 100% stick the landing. For me as a viewer, I was able to see how they were trying to do that, but that's because I know of this external context. And if you add that external context in, it works, but that's an external type of thing. The film doesn't give you that. Cause if you take that aspects away, does it tell a cohesive theme? And this film doesn't do that, but it has the potential to be one of the best MCU films if that message was more delved into or had a more cohesive theme for its story. Now this film needs to be seen on the big screen, especially if if one is a Marvel fan and it's safe to do in their area. When it comes to the overall MCU films though, it's not within the top five for me, but it is within the top 10. Honestly, I would place it at number seven, not counting the MCU TV shows on Disney+. Plus. So this film is meant to kick off phase four, but unlike any of the Marvel movies prior to it, it also will be streaming at home on Disney+, Plus for $30 at the same time on its premiere service. Now this will most likely lead to a lower amount of box office returns, but it has been still doing well as of this recording, so we'll see what happens. However, even so, from a story and directional perspective, if this is a sign of things to come, this progressive direction of the MCU is a definitely exciting thing to look forward to. And frankly, if you're skipping this simply because of this progressive direction, you're sadly missing out on a solid comic book movie. Now, what did you think of the movie and where does it rank on your list of MCU films? Let me know. Hit me up on social media. The formal review is on Facebook, Twitter, and the gram, and also YouTube. The handle's all the same. It's at the formal review. And for anyone who has supported me on a financial basis, I thank you very much for supporting me in that way. For anyone who wants to support, you can go to anchor.fm forward slash the minus sign formal minus sign review and click support this podcast and any donation is appreciated. Thank you all again for tuning in. And until next time, wash your hands, get vaccinated, or if not, wear a mask. And I'll see you at the movies. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Formal Review. Cheers, and we'll see you next time.